This is the Pickle Planet Podcast with Jenna and Tosh. Sit back and get a drink. Let's talk about parenting and how to survive it. Welcome to the Pickle Planet Podcast with Jenna and Tosh. Hello, Tosh. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good. Good. I'm very excited that we have Lynn back again as our special guest. We had so much fun with her first time. We had to ask her back. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you, guys. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Last podcast, we talked with Lynn about uh, spouses working away. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lynn is also a mastermind when it comes to business as well. So we're going to pick her brain about that, too. Maybe we'll start things off with, uh, do you want to tell us about a couple of your of your handful of businesses? Pick <laughs> one or two. <laughs> What do you do? Because you do, you work in the music industry, but you also work in the social media industry. Yes. So what I'll do, I'll, I'll just kind of do the timeline. So, so when we, when my husband and I started playing in a band, it was awesome. It was fantastic. We we're out playing gigs and we realized pretty quickly that there's this, this huge back end of business that had to be done. And Chris is really the musical guy and keeping the van tuned up to drive. So I'm like, I will do the business stuff. So started kind of taking over that and doing the booking and the management and all that stuff and, and would create like, or just kind of keep everything going for the admin and the back end. And then what happened around 2005 is Chris got really sick and he got his um, gallbladder taken out and he had blood poisoning and he was completely laid off for three months three months um couldn't pick up a guitar so it's like it it was very devastating to him and to us as a couple we now had zero dollars income and that it was at that point we kind of went okay as much as we love doing this together we have to have independent income streams or we are going to crash and burn so that time I applied to Music New Brunswick and became the conference coordinator for a couple years and got into the real nitty-gritty of that I left to start my own business, which never I never really put a lot of super energy in until later on, which was a management company and social media, because social media was just starting. It was just like Facebook, like what is this? <laughs> so I started. I remember those days. Yeah, so I started working with artists and helping them <clears throat> with just the information I had accumulated. And then as social media started to grow, I realized, wow, there's this whole universe outside of my personal cultural industry that needs help. And they have the exact same issues. So Cyber PR Army started helping people outside the cultural industry with doing social media marketing and digital campaigns. So those those are the main two. I also have a side business with my mom called Been There Gifts where we create um, gift uh, I call them creations because she hand, hand makes these lobster traps and we get local to New Brunswick gifts to put in them and we sell them to people and ship them all over the world. I love that. I had no I idea. I know. We, we, we She's don't. She's very surprising, <laughs> isn't she? <laughs> I, again, like, not entirely surprised, just didn't know. Yeah. Like, it makes perfect sense now that you've said it. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're super high ends, so we only sell them at Christmas time because it's the stuff that you wouldn't buy throughout the year. But yeah, so my mom and I have that. So it gives me another insight into small business creators and like manufacturing, which everything Mm. else is service. So that's kind of like the history that brings me here doing this. And I do stuff with Lady Boss Collective, trying to teach businesses to be self-reliant in social media. And I'm on the the, uh, board for the Albert County Chamber of Commerce. So just kind of, it's funny, but 
everything I know is just different applications in different groups because everybody kind of needs the same information. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a common thread. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that just because I think it's super cool, you also, like you have all these businesses, but you have won awards for your businesses. So like that's a big stinking <laughs> deal, man. And I don't think that you should discredit that. I think you should mention that. I <laughs> before Tosh does it for well, you. Well, yeah, because I, I think that this is also a good way for people to realize that you're out there and to be able That's to find true. you as well. So, because um, there is a lot of businesses that need help right now, not necessarily in the music industry, but small business, whatever. That's true. I, I've won awards for Business of the Year through Music New Brunswick. I've been nominated through the ECMAs. I've won uh, the YMCA Woman of Distinction Award. And it it's super cool to just like be recognized because I it, it's weird because I don't I really don't think I know that much, but I just have a really weird combination of knowledge that when I sit at a table I, I draw from these different backgrounds and create something that people kind of go, oh, I never thought of that before. And give somebody kind of like the the germ or the seed to grow something on their own. Mm -hmm. I totally relate to that because it's a very similar kind of thing for me. It's the same thing. I I come from these very different streams that bring together these ideas that, yeah, when I put them out there, yeah, I don't think... I know a whole lot and then I'll talk to someone and, and they're like, oh my goodness, I never thought of that and that's totally changed the way I'm going to do this whole marketing thing or this whole, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. All right, I'll keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So this is a good yeah. thing. All uh-huh. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, but at the same point, like to your point about kind of undervaluing and underselling what you're doing and how powerful it is as a business, I think that also, yeah, it does a disservice to this kind of industry because I think there's a lot of people out there who do think it's just knowledge that's out there to give away and they think that you know there's oh social media oh everyone could do that or oh you should be able to just help me out with that and I think that's something that more people are starting to talk about when it comes to creative industries about really just putting a value on these items because we live in a time where money's tight for pretty much everyone I know. Mm-hmm. If money's not tight for you, it's so not tight that you really don't care yeah. <laughs> about the price tag on anything, mm-hmm. right? We live in that world where like the 1% is way up there and the rest of us, there, there, there's no real middle. Everyone's you know struggling to some extent. And so time and time again, I see people putting out there, you know, oh, I need a photographer for a reasonable fee oh i need a musician who's going to play for free i need yeah someone to help me out with a facebook page oh no i don't i shouldn't have to pay for that facebook's free well no all the skill sets that went into all of those things cost time and money to get to that point and and yes we understand that everyone has a limited income but if you've decided that you need this service then you do need to be prepared to pay for it. And those people providing the service need to step up and say, no, I, I, I love you. You might be my friend or you might have a fantastic cause. But yeah, there, there there's a point where there has to be a price point to this. And saying, oh, I want a reasonable fee is one of the most insulting things I think you can say to anyone. And I see it every day now. <laughs> and it 
it kind of drives me nuts. So yeah. I thought we'd talk a little bit about that. <laughs> well, that's my that's my speech. It's a, but it's true, and you see it a lot because you wouldn't walk into a doctor if we paid for our medical expenses and be like, well, I, I think I only should have to pay you this much because you didn't spend thousands of hours in school and all this, you know. What's the difference? We're still spending all, I mean, obviously there's a huge difference between doctors and us, but we're all still spending hundreds of hours, thousands of hours learning these things to just hand them away. It's not right. No, I, I totally agree. And, and it's, it's easier to see it in cultural industries like music. So, like, for example, Chris does the jam at St. James Gate. Well, it's not a jam there. So he plays at St. James Gate, and people think it's a jam, and they'll come up and, and want to borrow his guitar and play a few songs. And he's like, well, it's not that type of show. And, and then it can become heated where they really want to. And it took a lot of hours to buy that particular guitar. Right. And he's not going to just hand it over. And I know on occasion he's like, okay. You give me the keys to your car, and I'll give you this this guitar. And it's like, whoa, you know, what, what What do you, that's ridiculous. He's like, this guitar is my tool to feed my family. I'm not going to give this to you just on the word of a stranger. Like, you're not going to give me the keys to your car. Mm-hmm. And you start thinking of it like that. And I don't know if you guys read in the newspaper, it was a while ago about, it was a jam, I believe it was here in New Brunswick, and uh, um, a guy asked if an older gentleman if he could use his guitar. The older gentleman said yes. The younger gentleman was playing the guitar, and the older gentleman thought he was being a little too rough for with it. Asked for it back. It got heated, and the younger gentleman punched the older gentleman oh. in his face and shattered his uh, cheekbone. And I don't. It's going to court, and they're going to decide, you know, right and wrong. But here's the thing. It's like the older gentleman lent the guitar in good faith. And when he asked for it back, he should get it back. Right. Mm-hmm. It's his tool. And so just not getting too far off topic, but how do you value experience? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's, that's a physical object. But how do you value, Jenna, what you do in your life and the, all those unique things that you bring to the table and are able to offer these super unique creative solutions? How do you put a dollar value on it? Well... You know, with musicians, there's a musician's union, which kind of starts at a certain mm-hmm. level. But if you're a creative writer, I, I, I don't know. It, like, it just said, I mean, I do design um, and like put together posters and all this. And there's like super high level and mid level. And we're all almost competing with each other, trying to figure out, well, <coughs> what can I safely ask for that is fair and reasonable to the client, but fair and reasonable to my experience and fair and reasonable to my other professionals. It's very difficult. It is. And that's exactly it. You have to find that balance between, okay, I think my skills are worth X amount of dollars because of these years of experience, these years of studying, or, you know, you know, these examples of what I've done for people in the past. And you might be like, okay, so if I look at just this, oh, geez, I could charge you a $1,000 an hour. Obviously, that's yeah, not yeah. the real number, but, but if only, for like, if only. you know, but it's like, okay, no, you know, you've, you've had this whole campaign and it was super successful. So based on that, yeah, you're worth a thousand dollars an hour, but then, you know, the marketplace around you, everyone who's of equal skill or, you know, nearby skill level, you know, they're charging $500 an hour. Well, you're like, okay, so I need to either be out here way on my own mm-hmm. or decide, okay, we all agree 500 is fair for this. 
And then you have people that are maybe just getting into the industry. And then so do they start at 500? Do they start at 250? And it's so hard to kind of find those puzzle pieces. And then you have clients, you'll have some of them who are like, no, I see the value in the $1,000 price tag. And other people who are like, what? 250? I'm just going to go do it on my own. Go ahead and do it on your own. You don't have 15 years experience and maybe you're a natural talent. Maybe you'll do fantastic. Good for you. Then start charging other people to do it for them. <laughs> but it, it, but it's tricky when then you'll, you'd have someone who'd be like, oh no, I will do that for you for free. Yeah. And I know like in the digital influencer industry, that's a huge discussion right now, especially I find, especially with people who are doing a lot of travel writing, because you have people who are professional travel writers mm-hmm. and who will get paid by major publications. And now you have this kind of new in-between set of people who are doing you know, travel writing in a different style and are getting paid and are asking to be paid not just in free trips, but actually for their time to take to write about this trip. And then you have people who think it's this really fun industry to get into and they may or may not have the writing talent for it. And they will accept a trip for free and write about it Mm -hmm. to get their foot in the door. And I think there's a lot of room for that bartering of services, especially when you're at different skill sets. You know, there's there's a time to do it when you're entering a market to get some experience. And there's a time to barter when you're high up in your industry so that you help out organizations that could benefit from your skill set that you want to give back to because you can do something in kind with them. But then you end up with those people behind the scenes fighting with each other too about like, well, don't don't just go and give it away. No one's ever going to pay for us if everyone just does it for free. No, there's got to be some balance between it all. And it, it's really hard. And I think I see it a lot too with photographers. I feel really badly for a lot of photographers out there because I constantly see people complaining about how much photography costs. I'm like, yes, good photography is expensive. Yeah, they went to school for that. Their equipment is extremely expensive. Mm -hmm. There are skills in Lightroom and editing. And, you know, and yeah, if you want an actual physical printed photo now, do you know what hoops they have to go through to get to a decent quality photo printed? Like all all the places shut down because all of us just started taking pictures with our phone. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like it it should be expensive because that's the value we've all put on it. Mm -hmm. And we can't change our minds now and say, oh, no, I don't want to pay that. Like, no, we created this system where we value these things and we need to respect the people that take the time to learn how to do them well for us. Exactly. And they're all in the same boat, like trying to be competitive with their pricing. And if you go with someone cheaper, you expect the cheaper quality photos. Yeah. Right? Like that's in, in any business. You go with someone cheaper, you've got to expect the cheaper quality of anything that you get into. Maybe you luck out with a person that happens to be really good and they're just starting out. So that's why their prices are, are good. Mm-hmm. Chances are they're not going to be that good for very like the prices <laughs> won't be that good for very long because they'll they'll realize their worth and bump it up right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We find it a lot, um, especially being in my industry because we have the avenue on Facebook of forty some odd thousand people that follow our page. So it's daily constant emails. Can you push this for free? Can you push this? Put this on your page. This on your page. This on your mm-hmm. page. And you can't because you say yes to one person. You have to say yes to everybody. So. Why shouldn't we be paid for that? You know what I mean? Like, not me in general, because I wouldn't get any money for it, but the rating system would. Um, And that's the thing. Like, you you are contacting a business and asking them to do a free service. But when you're contacting any one of us, you're still contacting a business. And I feel like a lot of people see it as, oh, they're just a stay-at-home mom. This is just a side thing. 
kind of thing. Like, I th- feel like there's a lot of devaluation in mothers that choose to create a business and work from home to be with their kids. And I think that people see it as, oh, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just a, you know, a direct a sales company. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that that, I feel like that comes across a lot. I think the bartering's fine between friends to some limit, obviously. Like I've had you build me a couple of websites, Liv. Uh, and, I, I, and I think I only asked once. Yeah, I just keep offering. I'm like, you need a website. I'm Let just going to do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me help you. Well, but to that point, so so we've had Katie Kelly on the podcast a couple times as a guest. So I reached out to Katie the other day, and my first line was, someday please ask me for free advertising or advice because I need to ask you something. Yeah. And it was like, like yeah, I'm, I'm in this bind. You're the only physiotherapist I know. I'm not asking you to, you know, see me as a client, mm-hmm. but can you answer this question for me? But my caveat, first thing I said now was, you know, ask me sometime for something I can do for you because I need to ask this of you as a professional. Yes. You know, it's, it, I think, like you said, there are times when you can do that. Yes. Especially when it's something small like that. But yeah, like sharing something on Facebook is not necessarily a small thing. It is if you're sharing it to your friends on your personal page. Yeah, that's, yeah, no problem. I'll share stuff on my personal page all the time. Yeah. But if you're coming to ask me to share something on my public figure page... I would prefer to get some value from that. <laughs> yeah. right? And and it's not just a, that you need money. It's, no. it's to make those boundaries of there has to be rules around it. Yes. Right? Like you can set as a musician, you can say, I will do three free shows a year for causes I believe in. As a public figure, I will share three free events for things that I believe in. Mm-hmm. But you can't just say, oh, I'm going to pick and choose as I go. Like you as an individual have to set those those guidelines for you to follow as well as a business, or yeah, you're going to have to say yes to everyone. Absolutely, absolutely. And then it, you need to think that of the time that we've put into these pages of like you ha- you have to think about what you post on your page. I had to build those thousands of followers. Mm-hmm. I had to actually physically work to make interesting posts for people <laughs> to like my page for blah 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 blah. The list goes on and on and on. Luckily enough, I was born with my tool. <coughs> and, uh, it does not sound so great right now. But, uh, but it has taken, like, next month will be my 12th year in radio. Like, it's taken a long time for me to get where I'm at. You know, mm-hmm. since 2005, and you and Chris launched that first company. Like, it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Pickle Planet is on how many years this year? Three. Yeah, and then there's all those. But there's years of you 15 years of me as a journalist, yeah. and four years of studying, and yeah, exactly. There's there's a lot behind everyone that's out there doing these kind of things, and I think, you know, as a society, we've come to expect, you know, an accountant charges forty dollars an hour for mm-hmm. this level, and sixty dollars for here, and you know, it goes up and whatever, and yeah, like you said, there's a musicians' union, so you know, for musicians, there is kind of those ballpark figures that you can find and have some ideas around, but there are so many new industries popping up and things that not that I'm saying everyone needs a union, even though I am, we we can have that discussion another time. I I have walked a picket line. So I I am, uh, I see value in unions, but I also see a lot of unions that, that are not helping anyone. (laughs) But one of the good things that comes out of that kind of environment is having that standard and you can say, Oh, okay. I know I've been doing this skill for three years and I've studied it for four years before that. So I fall around here. It, it gets really hard when it's something 
that draws in that element of talent, right? You know, an accountant, they base their salaries and they base their rates on how many years they studied and which different exams they passed and, and then how many years in the business. They don't kind of have that similar X factor that a musician would have or a public figure has of, oh, I can see how many people like that type of music. I can I can kind of see how many people gravitate to those posts. That's a harder thing for us to start putting a dollar figure on. So it makes it really tricky, I think, for the individual, let alone the person trying then to buy that service, to figure out what that price should be. Well, even like uh, I work with companies and uh, I'm trying to introduce them to influencer campaigns and what it is. And then the first question is, how much is it going to cost? And at that point, I'm like, I stopped pitching it because I'm like, I don't really have an answer. And I work in this industry because it varies so widely depending on. So if, if I say to them, well, $200 will buy you probably one blog, then they go, well, wh- what's the value in that? It's like, well, then you don't understand what the industry is because that $200 could come back to you tenfold. Mm-hmm. And th- what's. What's the value of buying a two hundred dollar ad in a newspaper? There's nothing. It's, it's just a print. Big. Yeah, it's, it's, in a you know, week it's gone. Yeah. yeah, and it's super tiny at two hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. That's that's the other thing. Like, I think from a business side, if people are used to radio ads mm-hmm. and newspaper ads and magazine ads and billboards. Yeah. And the prices. I think some people, when they first get into it, go, "What? That's the price." And then other people, it, they just don't even blink an eye at. Five hundred thousand, five thousand dollars. Like you can spend a fortune very quickly in advertising, and you can you can do the same digitally. You can spend those high numbers, but you can also spend those smaller numbers. And yeah, the the impacts are they're completely different, right? And it's not necessarily one is better than the other. One is better than the other for certain things, but yeah, you have to make those choices. But it does the the digital influencing industry right now is not making it any easier on the businesses to understand it because there isn't that like, you know, there isn't that set rate of, Oh, I can get you a blogger with a following of X for X amount of money because the industry hasn't been putting that out there. They haven't. And it's much like, like any new industry. It just, everyone hasn't come together and not that everyone decides, Oh, well, this is what our hourly rate. We're including in price fixing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, it's, like me trying to sell influencers to people that I'm working with, I barely know, and like I feel pretty plugged in. It's like I don't know what three thousand dollars will get them. So, and then I, if I waver, then immediately they're like, no, they're no, yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah. And and I mean, it's the same thing within the the music industry where people you could have the same venue booking different artists each night one artist gets paid 300 the other one gets paid 7000 the next one gets paid 1800 it varies based on you know how they think it their returns going to mm-hmm. be and it's the same venue with the same amount of seats the same staff the same overhead everything's the same so in in our online marketing world or if you're creating content whether it's visual or uh, written it's that same thing on how do you value it based on and even if you start spewing numbers at people their their eyes glaze over yeah. like yeah. you know I have a CTA of this and da da da, da. they they just kind of zone out and they're like so what does this mean it's like this this is good yeah. <laughs> this <Yes>. is bad <laughs> yeah let me break it down for you. Choose yeah. this person. Yeah, uh, I think 
I'm lucky in the sense that I have it a little bit easier in that regard than I think other digital influencers, like if we're talking Pickle Planet wise, my audience is a very specific niche audience, which makes it much easier to sell than some other influencers who have a broader range of things where I can be like, you know, you want a direct line to parents in Moncton? That's what I am, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter, you know, I can tell you all my numbers, mm-hmm. but really, if you're not interested in the numbers, what you want to hear is that's who you're getting. You're not getting everyone who's driving by that billboard on the way to work. Because if you're trying to sell something for kids and families, well, maybe a quarter of who's driving by is who you want. That's all I'm going to give you, really. There's a couple little outliers. There's a couple grandparents. There's a couple aunts and uncles. There's a couple people who just follow it for community events. Mm -hmm. But the bulk, it's all one type of person. It's one category. So I think that that helps me find those value points for myself and, and explain to people what it is. But then other things, like when I'm just you know, contracted to write for someone, you know, I ghostwrite websites. It took me a long time to figure out, okay, where do I fall in that one? Cause I hadn't been doing that. And was like, Oh, okay. How much is that worth? And I'm like, well, then you're taking in my four years in university and 15 years in the workplace. And, but at the same time, it's like, Oh, but this is the first time I've written a website. So then how do I balance those things out? And yeah, it's, it is tricky, but I just, yeah. If you're listening to this, whoever you are, <laughs> the big takeaway is not that you need to hire digital influencers. The, uh, the, the big takeaway here, that the reason I want to talk about this is that just I constantly see people asking for a reasonable amount for whatever it is. They're looking for a reasonably priced meal. They're looking for a reasonably priced photographer. They're looking for, you know, rent that doesn't cost me an arm and a leg. Well, everything has a value and those things aren't necessary. It's not that someone's trying to rip you off. There's the odd person out there, yes, who's oh, yeah, asking like yeah, ridiculous yeah, yeah. prices. But in general, most of these people think long and hard about what they are asking for, for the service they're providing. Mm-hmm. And then to devalue it, to complain about how much it is, just because it's not how much money you want to part with, is very rude. You have to decide what amount of money you're willing to part with for something. If, you know, if family photos matter to you, then it is going to cost you a certain amount of money. And if that's something you have to save up for, that's going to be something you save up for. That's why most people do it once a year mm-hmm. or every couple of years or what happens. Yeah, like, yeah, I would yeah. love to have a full-on photo shoot with our family again. But you know what? I know how much I paid for it the last yeah. time. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Yeah. And yeah. it was well worth that money. But it's going to be a long time before I spend that money again. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just like wedding photography. Hugely expensive. But hugely important to me that was one thing i was willing to spend money on i'd like to think like how do you combat the difference like if someone comes at you to hire your services but they only want to pay x amount of money what's your rebuttal how do you how do you go back and forth on that to make someone realize your worth that's tough i know for decision making which is where i kind of thought your question was going to go (laughs) <laughs> so I'm going to answer that okay. and just not answer your questions. <laughs> totally okay with that. Um, <laughs> when we're approached to do things for free or for something that is like super obviously below, let's say, market, we look at it three things. One, is it for a cause we truly support? Like Cancer mm-hmm. Society, we truly support that. Um, and pretty much anything with kids. Mm-hmm. So is it something we truly support? Secondly... Is usually the valuation of is the money ridiculous? Like, like is it a like a very well paying gig? It could be something we dislike or it's not really high on our priority list. But if the money's really good, 
or um, opportunity. It's something that furthers something we enjoy or what we want to do down the line. And we try to get two out of three if we can because it can't it 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 can't be everything so that's just kind of like the first filter and then you decide well it is the cancer society and they need something so we will do it for x but when people are 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 asking for something for free and it's just not something or below market that we're not prepared to invest in at the time it's usually like it's super it, it varies and the reasons why, but usually it's like, I don't think we're going to be a good fit for this. Mm-hmm. And here are some suggestions. We always mm. offer suggestions for other yeah, people that might yeah. be interested. And then if it's, it's, sometimes people will get super aggressive about it, but can you do this? Can you do that? And it's like, you have to solid no. No, but mm-hmm. thank you so much for thinking of us because it will kind of continue on and linger and go. And there's always like you were both talking about like people asking you specifically and then you flip it and go, there's a reason they're asking you both specifically mm-hmm. to do stuff. They may have sent out 20, let's say, requests, mm-hmm. but you were specifically on the list because you have value to them. So if you have value to them enough for them to reach out to you, then they should value that at a certain rate. And that's where I look at it too, especially if somebody's reaching out, then you recognize that I or Chris can do something of value for you and there's kind of a standard for what we would charge for that. Yeah, my value's not free. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a yeah. hard thing for a lot of people and especially a lot of creative people and a lot of female creative people, I think fall into that like, oh, well, if I say no, then no one's ever going to ask me again. Or, right. you know, that kind of like, I think part of it comes with age, thankfully, of just being like, you know what? No, I- I'm a mother. I've gotten used to saying no now. I'm yeah. like, yes. no, yeah. no. Yeah. Like I, you have to have that little bit of confidence and that little bit of security to be able to walk away mm-hmm. and be like, and like you said, do it nicely. Yeah. Do it oh, very nicely. Yeah. And like, you know, no, I'm sorry. I don't think this is a good fit here's someone else who could help you but no I need to walk away from this one I have to be able to say no and it is a hard place to get to and you know I remember when I was first starting out as a reporter and I was on contract and I was casual and I'd get phone calls and you know oh I've got a shift can you take it yes like I I would I would oh my goodness I remember the first time I hesitated and the first time I said no like it is like ingrained in my head (laughs) because I almost said yes I had been planning a family reunion for hundreds of people for a year. And there was an event happening and the manager from the station called me up and asked me if I could cover this Saturday event because there wasn't normally someone on Saturdays. And I hesitated. I almost said yes. Yeah. Like, what am I thinking? No, yeah. I like, no, he's still going to call when he needs someone to cover something the next time. I can say no. And that was like, that was the very start. There, there were a lot of yeses that probably should have still yeah. been those after that. <laughs> but now I've kind of swung that, you know, 20 years later. Oh, I can say no a lot easier. <laughs> but I it's hard. That, it's hard to do that. Totally comes with age. I said that to somebody the other day. Like, I feel like you realize you're an adult when you can start saying no. And, or, you know, that you don't have to be friends with everybody. But that's mm-hmm. a big one there. Yeah. I'm not scared for people to be angry at me. Yeah. And, and for saying no, it's like, when I, I look at something now, I like we use kind of like the three-tier system, but then I also look at it. There are two things I could be doing over the next two hours. I could be snuggling with my daughter or working on this that I, I'm not personally invested in and I'm not even going to make enough money to take her out for ice cream. Right. 
No, no, because the time with the daughter or time with our kids, it's more valuable. So everything, I mean, everything's more, like, she is more valuable than all the other stuff. But sometimes I got to go, okay, these... You gotta buy her clothes. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if I do, do this food. project yeah, because yeah. it's going to pay well, then yeah, I yes. could do all these other things with her. Yes. Or yeah, keep this roof over her head. And yeah. Yeah. So it's gotta be. It's gotta be something that is super important now because I'm like I. There's only so many snuggle years left. Yes. So I'm taking every one of them. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's a brilliant idea. And I, I was at the same point because um, I do a lot of freelance work on radio, different radio stations, and and at the end of last year, I was doing like eight shows a day all over the world and I was like what am I doing like this is yeah. ridiculous and I actually worked myself sick turn it around now I only do six <laughs> <laughs> but still it's progress it's, a, progress. it's progress exactly it's, it's the realization that that you don't need to work all the time especially like someone said to me they said like do you need that money like is it paying your mortgage every month mm. well no it's not like I don't need to have that extra tiny amount of money because radio people aren't paid good. Remember that. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe not yes. the best industry to go into. But, uh, I just do free podcasts. Yeah, we, just, <laughs> we just do free podcasts. Yeah. But do you feel part of that guilt, and I'm going to call it guilt mm-hmm. for saying yes mm-hmm. more, is because it's not a traditional job. You're not in yeah, a traditional 100%. office and that it's kind of like, I have to say yes because there's zero job security yes. and you mm-hmm. don't know. Because that's where Chris yeah. and I end up saying yes. I mean, I can I can see her and go, oh, we say no and blah, blah, blah. No, we say yes way more than we should. <laughs> yeah. And it's mm-hmm. because of that lack of job security that, totally. and then that I'm working at home so I should have to work harder than everyone else mm-hmm. in some fashion Mm-hmm. To kind of compensate for it in my head that I get to be at home. Yes. I totally get that. And at the same time, I think it's so much harder to work for yourself and work from home than to go to a job. I think people who have that vision of work home and work at home people have that vision of it. Like, oh, I'm so lucky I get to be at home. Like, no, you know what? I would be so lucky if someone else was responsible for everything else (laughs) except for that tiny bit of what I actually have to do that I'm good at. Yeah. Right? Like, I would absolutely love to do what I do for someone else that was taking care of all the back end. It, like... Yeah, Yeah, the invoicing and the chasing people and all the emails and, like, making projects and the meetings. Yeah, there are so many times where I'm like, you know what? It'd be so nice to, like... I don't know, work retail, walk in, work my shift and leave. Leave, get a discount like, on What the, yeah. what is that world? I've never really known, I've never known that world. Like, yeah, yeah everything has its pros and cons yeah. and the reasons people are drawn to it. But I think a lot of times even people who decide to work from home don't think of that whole aspect of it. Like, it's, it's so hard to turn it off. Yeah, because now you're the boss, you're the accountant. You're the secretary, you're the receptionist, you know, you're the maid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you have to hit a certain level before you can outsource any of that. Yeah. And then, and then that's a whole other ballgame of trying to decide, yeah, when, when's the right time to invest in health? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's really, I actually had someone say to me last year, when are you going to get a real job? Chris, Chris got that the other day from somebody. Really? So when you're going to, you know, kind of grow up and, you know, do something with your life? And he was like, you know, jaw dropping, like at what point, you know, and then he has to filter it because the person said it, it's very, very sweet person. Right. And it was just genuinely, she was a little older and yeah. was, so he has to be like, well, <laughs> 
pay my bills. Mm-hmm. My daughter's fed and happy. My household is good. The van still runs. So yeah. I'm going to keep on this path. Yeah. Kind of have it here. But yeah, yeah, and it's to, to say to you, well, your talent is your voice. So to give it up for what? To go, you know, sell... I don't know. Yeah, something. work in a call center or something, maybe. I don't know what else I'd be good at. Well, I've got like, this really great voice for answering yeah. the phone. I was just trying to, if I could have the phone. Yeah. Phone, please, but, yeah. <laughs> Do those still even exist now that the internet's out there? Wow. Yeah. Can we just stay on the line so I can listen to your voice, Tosh? <laughs> yeah. Do you have any trivia you can share with yeah, me? I do. <laughs> Let me share, share with you all the things I retain. Useless information. But yeah, no, it was like, if I was working at the station still, would that be considered a real job? Or was it said because I work from home? As far as I'm concerned, and I'm sorry if any other radio announcer is listening, but I work five times harder than any other person that goes into the station and turns around and leaves by noon. You know what I mean? Like, I may be off air by nine, live, but I'm not Mm because it's full time. I I wonder if that's where the line was, like Mm -hmm. the, the working from home and being a mom. I don't, I don't have a real job apparently. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it's that classic working at home mm-hmm. because it's not real. It's some kind of side little project, project, project there. Hobby, yes, will. hobby. Yes. And yeah. it's not. It's like you're a fifty percent breadwinner in your home, and you're providing for your family. It just happens that your office is, you know, two doors down from your bedroom. That's fantastic because mm-hmm. you can do so much more and there's the problem mm-hmm. you do so much more so you're you know probably on air while the laundry's running downstairs oh, totally. and yeah. then you know you're you're defrosting something for supper and you're doing five things at once whereas if you were at work you'd be like oh well didn't take it out to defrost so it ain't happening yeah, yeah, yeah. Pizza. no yeah. laundry yeah. that's that's tough oh too. yeah that's yeah. that whole like oh yeah so hard to balance that and be like Oh, I haven't cleaned my house in a week, but I I, I work from here. How have I not managed to do it? Oh, right, because I was working. Because I was working, exactly. Right? Exactly. But then it, there's the whole like, oh, but if I worked out of the house, then we wouldn't be in the house, and yes. it couldn't get as messy. So we just like wouldn't do any more cleaning. We just wouldn't get it as messy. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you though, all the griping that I do about it, I wouldn't do anything different. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, okay. Anyway, I don't that's know how a, long we've rambled. I hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Lynn. You're welcome. You're welcome. And remember, she has cyber PR on me for anybody that is uh, looking for some social media help or business help. And she can also help you out, too, if you're an up-and-coming musician, too, maybe. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. 